You're listening to the Expert Insights Podcast, the home of leading cybersecurity conversations. Hello and welcome to the Expert Insights Podcast. I'm Joel Witts, Content Director at Expert Insights. Today I'm joined by Eric Williams, Senior Sales Engineer at HID Global. We explore the topic of passwordless authentication, how it works, why it matters, and what the future of digital access might look like. Here's Eric. Hey, Eric, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. It'd be great to start if you could just introduce yourself, a bit of your security background and your role at HID as well. Yeah, sure. And thanks for having me, Joel. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you today and to your audience. Um, let me give you a little bit of my background. Uh, I'll try not to make it too long. I, I, I have been in um, the IT field since the mid 80s. Um, so I've been at it for a long time. Um, I worked for a couple of kind of larger companies. I worked for Yahoo for a number of years way back in their information systems division um, for the back end of, uh, of Yahoo Music at the time. I worked for AT&T Research out of New Jersey uh, way back in my career. But, and I worked for a couple of other companies in between some startups and such. But to fast forward, um, about six years ago, I took a uh, position with HID Global. So I've been with them now for, yeah, I think about six and a half years. Um, strictly dealing with information uh, security systems, IT security systems, so uh, um, authentication of all types um, and the credentials that I get to accompany them. So uh, yeah, I, I work with, uh, I work for HID in the capacity of senior sales engineer. Fantastic, thank you. And today we're really gonna be exploring the theme of passwordless authentication, the technologies that replace the use of passwords with other secure methods of identity verification. And I recently came across this stat that by 2025, more than 50% of the workforce will be using passwordless technologies. So I think a good place to start this discussion would be around why this trend is taking place. So what are you and the HID team seeing as some of the main drivers towards adopting passwordless technologies? Yeah, that's a good place to start, I think. And, and there's a range of reasons for this. Um, passwords are just bad security and everyone knows this. So, you know, passwords can be shared, fished, stolen in a bunch of ways. And the user experience is not great since the user must memorize a complex secret and that changes periodically. So that's, I think, um, you know, kind of the basis behind it. But some of the drivers, um, there's a push for better protection that comes in the form of regulations. Every year, new regulations pass around data protection and they tend to be a bit modular, meaning that some of them are high, for highly regulated industries such as energy and banking and finance. And others, for example, um, are to protect the data side or to protect the data of private citizens. Um, in this case, I'm referring to regulations like CGIS for law enforcement, for example. Um, but on the other side, there is GDPR, which is a sweeping mandate in the EU. Meanwhile, the United States has so far mostly adopted a state-by-state -state approach. So there's a lot going on. And in some ways, the authorities are still in the process of figuring out how to secure people's data. And as they do so, there is a push to adopt security measures that enhance security while improving the user experience. So, and I guess that's kind of the, uh, the third piece is that speaking you know, of user experience, these the security technologies have gotten better in recent years. 
So everything from biometrics to mobile authenticators to the rise of FIDO credentials, uh, the user experience has improved dramatically. Absolutely. And so what are some of the security benefits that organizations can see when they adopt passwordless technologies? How does it help users and admins to to better secure accounts? Um, So I look at it this way. A poor user experience is not just bad for the user, but it's bad for the implementer. (laughs) It's bad for whoever is enforcing it, since people tend to find a way around obstacles. So it needs to be very easy to do. You need to make it very easy to do the right things. Um, And with that in mind, we have to enable the right security for the right user. There is no one size fits all approach when it comes to authentication. Um, When done correctly, a security strategy should provide authentication options that suit the user's needs. Some people may not be comfortable with biometric authentication, for example. Uh, Others may not be willing to use their mobile devices, their personal devices. But using a USB token or an ID badge uh, is, um, and also a smart card, uh, maybe a better option for some of these people. Moving on to deploying the technology, I suppose there's a number of different ways that you could implement passwordless strategies. Are there any ways that you would recommend as the most secure ways to implement passwordless authentication? And is there a sort of divergence in, in methods of passwordless deployment between different industries? For example, in healthcare, I suppose the use cases are, are much more complex. Yeah, and I think I touched on a little of this in the last uh, question, Um, but for some specific examples, um, we deal with a lot of law enforcement agencies and they have to comply with the CGIS mandate, which states that they have to secure their mobile data terminators, AKA MDTs, in their vehicles uh, via MFA. So we found that there are no two agencies that are completely alike. Some want to use face or fingerprint biometric. Others find that problematic due to the PPE that the officers wear. So they might opt for a card plus pin solution or use a mobile phone issued by the department. Um, so for this specific sector, we find that our digital persona solution is, is a good fit since it allows the IT staff to choose from a large range of authentication methods. Um, so with the product, you can mix and, and match authentication methods. Um, one specific use case used by law enforcement that we really don't see used much elsewhere is the use of a Bluetooth device as a secondary factor. This works by pairing a Bluetooth device such as a phone, a headset, a body cam, um, and such to the, the terminal in the car. And as soon as they are within Bluetooth range of the terminal, they, they've already satisfied that secondary factor. Meanwhile, walking outside of range can lock the terminal. Yeah, and we also deal with a lot of financial institutions. Um, while we assist with securing banking systems from the inside, meaning the employee-facing systems, I'll talk a little bit about what we're doing for the banking customers. Um, so on the customer side, there's kind of a lot to think about. You need to cover the entire customer journey, starting from onboarding the customer into creation of an account to um, transactions and interactions within the banking systems, you know, maybe changing your address uh, and things like that. Um, so that never really ends um, once, once that customer is inside. And we have solutions that help with that entire journey, starting with identity verification at the beginning to providing passwordless authentication via push notification to the customer's mobile phone. And um, that's all integrated within the bank's existing mobile app. So the level of friction is, is near zero. At the same time, um, we have risk analytics 
systems um, that perform risk analytics in the uh, behind the scenes to help with making decisions about when to request authentication. And sometimes that um, answer is to not authenticate at all if you know if that if that transaction is deemed safe enough. On the other side of the coin, how, how do you see cyber criminals adapting to a passwordless world? You know, we're already seeing rises in MFA bypass attacks that aim to you know counteract. MFA controls, as that's becoming more widespread. Do, do you see these sort of things becoming more common as passwordless authentication processes become more widely adopted? Absolutely. <laughs> as passwords begin to disappear, um, naturally criminals are going to shift their mindsets to new targets. And the device is becoming a new target, and the people are also uh, becoming a, a greater target. So with the waning of passwords and uh, phishing for logging, login credentials will also begin to fade out. But um, these criminals are quite clever, right? One, one tactic that we've heard of is where a criminal will simply request a mobile push over and over with the hope that the user will eventually just approve the request. And guess what? Sometimes they do. <laughs> <laughs> and with the rise of AI, social engineering is I think it's going to have kind of it's a renaissance moment, so to speak. Everything from text to images to video and, and even voices are becoming easier to generate and spoof and harder to identify as being fraudulent. So I think this will cause some new challenges in the near future. And it's going to be up to companies like ours to react to these new threats. Um, we're already doing that to some degree with some AI of our own that's baked into our, our authentication solutions. Absolutely. And I suppose some of those um, identity, uh, identity verification methods you've, you've just outlined in terms of the hardware um, and those Bluetooth devices, you know, that they're very resilient against those forms of social engineering, uh, where it's very difficult to get the user to, to, to give you access from, from the, you know, the criminal's viewpoint. Uh, so I wonder if you could tell us a bit more about HID's passwordless authentication solutions, the, the platform you provide, and how you help organizations on their passwordless authentication journey. So our powering company is Asa Amboy, which is a huge multinational company that provides primarily physical access solutions. So if you think about just about any lock company that you can name is owned by Asa Amboy. And of course, they do a lot more than that. But, but just to, to kind of frame uh, kind of, you know, our parent company, but HID in itself is also a large multinational. Um, we were acquired by Asablo in 2000, in the year 2000. Um, at that time, HID was primarily involved in physical access technologies around uh, RFID. But in 2010, we made our first steps into the logical access arena. And since then, we've been providing identity and access management solutions for governments around the world. Um, state and local governments as well, and um, enterprises of all sides. So we are one of the largest providers of PKI solutions to the U.S. government, and almost any company that you can find is using our technology in some form, either physical or logical. Um, on the consumer side, our citizens' ID BU produces U.S. passport and green cards. <laughs> That's a, a fact that not a lot of people know, but there's a lot of technology built into those credentials. Um, and recently, you may have heard, read about our recent partnership with Apple um, to bring IDs into, into the Apple wallet. So we've got a lot going on. But the point I'm trying to make here, I guess, is that we're an established, trustworthy company with a long history of information security. Um, this is hopefully where the customer journey begins with us. Uh, they need to know that the technologies that they are invest 
investing in are backed by a trusted entity. Um, so th hopefully that positions us well. Um, one of the reasons customers come to us is because we believe in strengthening security while enhancing the user experience whenever possible. And we do this by embracing a wide range of authentication options. Um, and this provides the customer with the right choices for their needs. You probably heard me say that, and I'll probably say it again, <laughs> but I think that's really a key. When we, when we first started, um, this was a PKI and OATH token play, but um, while these, uh, these solutions still persist in our portfolio, we've recently become a leader in biometric solutions, mobile solutions, and FIDO solutions. Yeah. So we look at this as, as a true prong strategy. Um, our commercial authentication business area is focused on securing um, a company's internal systems, and this is largely served by our digital persona authentication product, which offers a, a, a range of authentication methods, but it's, it's very easy to deploy. And in fact, in most cases, it can be fully deployed in under a week. Um, another offering for commercial authentication is our Crescendo card line. And that combines physical access and logical access technologies such as PKI and FIDO. So you can use the same card that you're wearing around as your visible identity. Uh, you're probably using that card for even other purposes, maybe time clock and vending machines and such. Um, but you can all, and using it obviously to, to, to access uh, physical spaces. But um, that card can also be used as a FIDO token, for example, over, over NFC. Um, so you can tap it on an NFC reader or even use a contact reader to authenticate into, uh, into your, your systems. So on the other side, we have a uh, consumer authentication business area, which is focused on uh, authentication, identity verification and risk management for external customers. So uh, imagine a bank with you know, tens of thousands or, or, or hundreds of thousands or millions of customers. Um, so we're largely focused on financial institutions but we work with any organization that needs to secure their customer journey. Um, and there's more solutions, but I, I hope that gives you an idea. My final question for you, Eric, is how do you see the passwordless authentication and identity security landscape changing over the next few years? And what advice would you give organizations today to prepare for those changes? Yeah, well, honestly, information security tends to evolve slowly. So while there's a lot happening in the space right now, it will uh, it will be a long time before we truly reach ubiquity for passwordless. Mm -hmm. um, going passwordless is largely about increasing security and maintaining or even improving convenience or improving that user experience, um, as, as I kind of said earlier. And it is important to identify and implement a clear security strategy. Any IT professional uh, will, will tell you that. And I think that always starts with the why. Why are you implementing passwordless? Is this a, uh, is there a specific regulation? Is there a specific threat? And once you've answered those questions, it is time to put in the work to identify the right solutions for the, for the right needs. So you should look at solutions that will take you into the future. And this may, this may mean at least looking at nascent uh, protocols, um, think about FIDO. It was not that many years ago that very few people were aware of FIDO. And um, the people that stayed informed about FIDO are now ahead of the game. Also, in many cases, a blended approach is the right, right way to go. Um, coming from, from a vendor like myself, I will stress that selecting the right technology partner is paramount. Whether you go directly to a vendor like us, or if you utilize, say, an SI or a solution provider of some sort, 
but always do your own research. Always stay informed on, on new trends. Stay connected with uh, similar organizations um, or people, other, other IT professionals that you connect with to, to be aware of the solutions that they are looking at. And this will help you to avoid their mistakes and to gain from their successes. You mentioned about the importance of you know that trusted element working with a, a trusted vendor in the space and you know i think that's hugely important as well um you know especially as passwordless technologies become more widespread yeah i couldn't agree more in fact recently um we were uh, we were dealing with a customer that was evaluating our product and they really loved it but they uh, found another solution that probably had a little bit more uh, uh, um, polish to it. <laughs> and uh, they were kind of rude by that competing product, uh, but they didn't do their work. Um, we took some time and we um, we don't like to talk you know down about other vendors, but we did notice that this was a startup that had um, about five employees. Yeah, you have to be a little bit careful about who, who you trust. Absolutely. Eric, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you as well. Thanks, Thank you for listening to the Expert Insights podcast. For more, please subscribe or visit expertinsights.com to find interviews with experts and trusted reviews of top cloud solutions.